0: Hello and welcome back to another Millsurp HQ podcast. I'm Tom and joined again by my pal Kelly. What's up? Howdy everyone, how are y'all? And we're back after a small hiatus due to a catastrophic computer failure at the Millsurp headquarters. I lost do the, all my stuff. Do the womp, womp, womp sound. Yeah, I should, you know.
1: There we go,
0: perfect. So yeah, I lost all my stuff. and. I still had backups of a lot, but when you lose all your settings and you're trying to edit and record, it's terrible. So we're back. And today we're talking about a cool topic here, gun shows, because Kelly and I are going next month to the annual Kansas City National Summer Arms Show in Kansas City. Woo! Yep. It's
1: supposed to be an incredible show. And to talk about that with us today, we have one of our Discord buddies Matt. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate the invite. Happy to be here.
0: What's up, Matt? I'm real excited. We were talking before, but I'm really excited because this show is the largest I'm ever going to go to for a while because my shows are 100 tables or less. High school gyms, VFWs, that's where I go. So <laughs> I'm excited to go to this.
1: Yeah, this will be a little different for sure. I've been to, I've been to Tulsa, so I've been to the biggest. But other than that, I mean, the ones around here are decent size. Wow. You've been to Tulsa oh, Wow. Uh Yeah. I actually met Danny there back in, I think it was like 2017,
0: 2018. Oh, wow. Matt, Matt what's the biggest show you've been to? Uh,
2: I've been to show of shows one time and it was quite a few years ago. Um, there's a couple in Houston that I've been to and a few in Dallas that are, are pretty decent size. Uh, Tulsa definitely on my list to go to everybody's always talking about it. And I just, I, uh, was actually working a gun show the last time they had one, I think what November of last year when their, their last big one was, yep. so I didn't, didn't make it, but I think this year we're going to,
0: we're going to pony up and make it out there. It's not too bad of a drive for us. In a weekend, can you do all 4,000 plus tables?
1: So I was only there for a day and it definitely takes more than a day. Like I didn't even, I covered maybe a third and that was rushing it, so... You'd have to, like, dedicate two full days to see at least even, like, see all the tables. That sounds like a good two days. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: And are all the food jams and jerky tables, is it exponentially larger at these large shows? You know, the non-guns?
1: That's the cool thing about Tulsa and this Kansas City show that we're going to, is they have... Actual rules, unlike a lot of the gun shows around here, where, like, the ma- a vast majority of the tables must be gun-related. So, a lot of the gun shows around here, you'll see random bullshit, like, salsas and roofing tiles and, just ran- like, random stuff. Like, people come kind of do their dang garage sales at these shows, but at these bigger shows, they're really popular and a lot of demand to get into them. So, they kind of cut out all that non
0: non-gun-related
1: stuff, so it's just purely guns
0: and i saw that there was a lot of displays at the Kansas City show we're going to
1: yep so you a lot of people sometimes do just displays air quote quote unquote so they can get into the show earlier which we'll talk about here in a minute but apparently there they you actually have to have like a good display and it has to be informational and you have to like man your display and
0: be there to talk to people and stuff like that right so I want to be prepared because I I usually just go with the, my bag, a pen, and a, a little pad, and I write some notes and compare, you know, do some math for a show this big here. Do I need anything? Uh, do, am I missing something? Do I need anything else but my bag, my pen, and my pad? <laughs> like, what do you guys bring? Well, like we touched on earlier, I think I think money is going to be the
1: <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> the, the main thing factor for everybody. Actually, not even just because there's always ATMs there. I always bring a, a little less than what I intend to spend. And if I really, really want something, that's kind of right. one, one way I kind of limit myself. When you got way it's
2: M fees and like the the shows local to us. Uh, I'm, I'm about an hour away from Kelly. Um, a lot of the shows local to us, they'll have like a limit. So, hey, you know, it's $8 to use the ATM, but you can only pull out $200 at a time so yeah. if you want to over that, you got to do it ah. five different
1: yeah. times. They, they get you on that one. Luckily, my bank refunds those ATM fees, but yeah, it'll be like, oh,
0: three $3 to withdraw. I'm like, Oh, you want $800?
1: Oh, it's going to be $12 in fees. Good luck.
0: So, but, Danny from Up World, on his gun show video, he said that the ATM sometimes run out of money at the shows or they're not working, so don't count on the ATM.
1: Hmm, yeah, that's true. I've never run into that around around here, at least, but
0: I could see it running out of money at one of the big shows. All right, so we need cash. So that's (laughs) cash is king. Yep. Some guys I know, I was talking to, they bring books and bring a backpack full of like reference books and printouts and stuff just so they can look everything up on the fly. I I use my phone, but (laughs) yeah,
1: sometimes service can be spotty in these buildings just because they're either like metal frames or there's just a ton of people. So might have to like go to a corner or pop outside real quick to get some service. But I think bringing reference books might be a little extra, <laughs> unless you're like really into something very specific, then maybe it's worth it.
2: Well, that's what it's going to be interesting for us at the KC show is we're going to have so many different areas of you know almost expertise between all the different people going that we almost get yeah, hey, we... bringing in the reference <laughs> books, going hey, we're and so we'll grab them and bring them over. Hey, what do you? Yeah, do?
1: we we got like a, a at least a dozen people going. Got M95 guys, mauser guys. Austrian yep.
0: rifle guys, the infield guy,
1: French guys, yeah, infield guys.
0: Right, it's going to be awesome. Just being able to go, how's this? What's this? This good? Is this right?
1: What's this marking? Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> perfect. Now, what was funny was, um I think Danny said in his video, and a couple others said, "Don't even bother bringing a gun to trade or sell because they're always looking to rip you off, and the hawks at the entrance are trying to get a deal so they could flip it on the at the show." But you did it, right? Did you bring it and, and make, make a deal? Right? I've brought a few.
1: Like, I mean, whenever I have something, I, I either just, like, bought as part of a trade or just not really feeling. I'll, I'll I'll take it to a gun show just for shits and gigs. I don't really like selling to the vendors that much. Sorry, Matt. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're just, uh, they're in it to usually to make, make a buck, so they're just going to buy it, put it on the table, and slap a price tag for 50 bucks more than they paid for it. But uh, it's it. You can get some good tr- trades. You can work. You can work trades a lot because a lot of times the vendors have a lot less in the guns that than they're selling than what's on the price tag. Or you can walk around and sell it to other people attending the gun show. So I've had some decent luck. I mean, it usually Do you recommend
0: take, it. Lugging it around is it worth it?
1: It depends on what you want. Like sometimes it's taken me like two or three or four shows to move move a gun, but usually that's like a more common thing that. Some people may not be looking for is nothing particularly special. That's why I'm getting rid of it. Yeah,
2: Kelly didn't like my offer on his Grand at the a
1: couple <laughs> shows ago. Yeah, not quite.
2: But I did buy a, a what was that, the
1: 1935A uh, off of you? Yeah, yeah, that was that a was <laughs> fair deal. I think we were both happy with that. So, yeah, you can definitely find some good deals. and.
2: But I do tend to pay more off the. Of... If I know it's going straight into my collection, which yeah. that would, so I don't have to worry <laughs> right. about trying to maintain, you know, margins yep. on anything. Yep. Like the guy walked up a couple of shows ago. He's like, I got this old Japanese pistol and pulled out that ninety-four, and he's like, I want five hundred bucks for it. Like, all right,
0: sold.
1: <laughs> sold. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get some crazy stuff that walks in. All
0: right. So I'm just bringing my bag. I bring bringing some cash. <laughs> I'm bringing my pad a pen, and that sounds like all I'm bringing.
1: Sometimes if if I know I'm bringing a rifle or know I'm going to buy a rifle, like I just I just got a feeling like, all right, I want something that's more than likely going to be there. Or like I saw this thing last time I was at a show and I know they didn't sell it. I might bring like a just like a cheap nylon sling that's easy to throw in your pocket. And that way you can throw it on your shoulder and keep walking around the the show and not have to carry it. Keep your hands free.
2: It's a good idea. Yeah. I haven't brought backpacks before to the larger show and I probably will for the KC show just because I'm I don't know how limited I'm gonna be on buying, you know, firearms and having them, you know, possibly ship them back to Texas, but in terms of picking up I'll probably be looking for this show to pick up some like militaria and other things that I could probably fit in a backpack. That way I can just hop on a plane with it if it's not prohibited, of course, and fly yep. back with it.
1: Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea or one thing I sometimes do is I'll, I'll buy, like, an ammo can first thing at a gun show and then put
0: all my random small stuff in there. I knew the answer to this question, but I Googled today. Can you bring a bayonet in a carry-on? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it's like, what if I, like, uh, wrap it up or something? No? All right.
1: No, maybe, probably not. Maybe a training bayonet, but good luck explaining that to them. So pretty much anything I buy, I'm going to have to ship home or or you can throw it in a check bag they're surprisingly lenient with check bags you can put pretty much anything in there except
0: like a can of gas or whatever okay so that was the prep and now we mentioned it before but Fridays at most gun shows if you don't know are the vendor setup days most times And from what I understand it's like the absolute best time to get a deal uh, Matt you must have been on the inside of this a few times
2: yeah, it, it's hit or miss, just kind of like everything else. Um, and it really depends, you know, sometimes you get plenty of people that go in on Friday and all they do is they set up, they cover their tables, and, you know, they're gone. And other times there is kind of like the the quintessential, like, the insider club, you know, all these people hanging out and they're talking and they're kind of just like, oh, hey, I saw that gun. What about this? You want to trade this? And so there are quite a few deals that happen. Um in the shows and for the most part though what i've seen is it's definitely more the private sellers than the actual license dealers because most of we we run into this a lot down here with our shows is a lot of people are like oh you got to paperwork no i don't want to do that right oh you're ffl we don't we don't want to do any of that we don't want the government to know our info all that type of stuff so there, there's a lot more of that trading between private parties than, than we see on the dealer side but like this last show i went and the this guy came up and he's bought he's bought a gunner or for me before and he's like hey i need a moss 36 is like hey i got one right here he's like oh cool the only thing i need left is a carcano and i was like yeah hey, i have one of those here too he's like well, i'll take yeah. both set them aside and i'll pick
0: them up you know sunday at the end of the show i
2: was like all right cool
0: wow <laughs> nice. what a sale you still recommend people try to get in on friday because some of the places let you like we're getting in but there's some of the other big shows i I think it was, was it the Tulsa show? A show of shows has like a hundred dollars where you can get in on the Friday, a hundred extra or whatever.
1: Some of the bigger ones, they kind of actually like start on Friday. Cause it'll be like, Oh, members only can come in Friday. Like the, all the vendors set up like Friday at like noon to two or three or something like that. Then, okay. The, the members only show starts from like, goes to like five to eight or something like that. So they will have like a members only show before the real show that starts on Saturday.
0: That's cool. the, the
2: thing Friday is really good for is if you find something that and this is where Ari already comes in with the mill service if you find something that like a boomer has and they don't know what it is and you can grab it before everybody's going to see it that's <laughs> where you can really strike
1: Yeah, and,
2: and hit home with some good deals because otherwise Sunday man is the day to make deals you know especially towards the end of the show because these dealers are like hey they don't want to pack it up they don't want to move it again if they've had a rough weekend they're willing to make any sales so, so whatever's left over on Sunday I feel like for the most part, you have more negotiation in, in whatever it is.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because I always try and go Saturday morning, and of course I always leave late and get there at like ten or eleven, and all the initial good deals are all snapped up. But yeah, I've never really tried the like end of the day Sunday thing.
0: Those are the two hours I was going to say is what I tried out, and my best deals happened at the end of the day, end of like Sunday, uh, you know, four o'clock. The guy's packing up his stuff. And he he's looking at everything he has to lug, and I purchased uh, like seven things off the guy's table. Just like he's like, "All right, take it, take it, go ahead, get every deal I offered." He said, "Yep, go ahead." So nice. <laughs> I, I stand by that late that late thing. People don't want to, especially the old guys. They don't want to keep lugging that shit back to their car.
1: And I show you, I show you a later
0: flight out. Apparently, <laughs> uh, but if you're gonna get there, and you're not getting in on Friday, just try to get in on a Friday, even if you have to do a, a, a like we said before a display table or a. Gun guys got in with a couple of things, four or five things on the table, and he was in on Friday uh, for yeah, $10 and know, or
1: whatever. I know Chills did that, too. He has a Japanese display, and he got he's gotten a few deals here and there. Right. But if
0: you can't get it on Friday, I say get the hell there first thing on Saturday. You have to. Don't show up at Saturday at 2. It's just like what Matt said before. The guy that doesn't know what he has, that's going at 9 o'clock on Saturday. Yep. The early yep. bird gets the mill syrup. Yeah, that's
2: like dealers don't even get to see some of the stuff on Friday because, you know, by the time I get there, you know, it's me and I hire another guy with me. And you know, it takes us a solid four hours to set up. And, you know, we'll we'll take breaks here there and go wander around, but half the people aren't there yet. Some of the people don't even set up till Saturday morning. Not everybody has to set up on Friday at a lot of these shows. They'll come in, you know, last minute, Uh especially some of these older guys where they have one, two tables, and you know, they'll come in with their little, you know, modified little shopping cart thing and you know, put eight or nine guns on their two tables and just sit there. You know, ten minutes before the show opens. So, <laughs>
0: not that first rodeo.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard, <laughs> of, I've heard a lot of the vendors. If they have two guys, like Saturday morning, like one will man the table and they'll send the other one to run around and snap up all the good deals that they can, bring them back to the table and slap price tag on them.
2: Yeah, it's it's been known to happen. I've I've been guilty of that myself for a few things.
1: <laughs> yep. But hey,
2: man, it's you know it's I'm. Um, I have the privilege of being on both ends of the table, and I like being able to get these milsirps and find them and be you know predominantly milsirp focused for my stuff. But the same token, too, like I understand some of the gun show. I don't want to say gouging because there's some of these prices that are just absolutely insane. But you know, this last show I had seven tables. That's five hundred and eighty dollars of overhead automatically, not counting you know my employees pay for the weekend, you know, and food. So I mean, I'm I'm basically at a thousand dollars to come to this show and set up. Like I got to offset and make that money, you know, to still be able to bring these guns to these shows and sell them and have, you know, all this opportunity.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean they're they're there to make money and I uh, I may I may bitch and moan here and there, but but I've I've had more than my fair share of good deals at gun shows, so I certainly can't complain. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, gun shows are dead, they're worthless, but I fully and completely disagree. And COVID might have messed the market. I can never up.
2: agree with it. You know, we hear that a lot on our end, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's dead or, you know, guns are dying out, but if kind of like you, man, I've, I've looked into quite a few things, just walking around some of these shows and you never, you know, there might be that guy like you, you know, Kelly, the last year you're walking around with a, a grand that was $200 cheaper than any dealer's grand, you know, some guy's like, Oh, that's what I've been wanting. Just grab it off mm, of
1: yep. you. Like, yeah, I've, I've sold to random random people walking around.
0: <laughs> Danny. I was listening to his thing. Like I said, from Millsap World, and he had a style for attacking the tables. He goes to the back and then goes around. Do you guys have any specific way you go through? He just does a pass through first and makes mental notes. I go pass through, I write it down, but same deal. Do you go around first, or do you just go through whatever you see? You pick up, you buy, you keep going.
2: I definitely do. I do like a quick scan. Like I'll do that that one kind of quick walk through the whole thing, and you know it's easy with not being interested or not looking at any modern arms tables because there's plenty of dealers you know at most of the shows down here you know that, that's all they have is you know brand new handguns like all right well i already have what i want modern or you know i can order it as an have myself so i just bypass that like oh hey look there's there's rust there's junk over here let me go stop and look at that and see see what's floating around in that pile and then i'll come back to those if i see something that i really like and then i'll start like analyzing it in depth looking at it make sure that. Alright, is this really what I want, or did I see something else somewhere in the show?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing I do. I always take a, I take a right and go all the way to the back corner and then start on that row. And then I just go row, row to row, walking through. Skip the tables with either non-gun stuff or just, yeah, a bunch of pistols, a bunch of ARs, whatever. And then if there's anything I'm like really interested in, I'll pick it up and take a look, but I try and just, like, yeah, make a mental note. If there's any screaming deals, obviously
0: you got to stop and buy that because right. it'll yeah. be gone every th- there's been three or four times that i walked past and i couldn't stop thinking about it I was like wait that was that's a really great deal." oh my god and went back and it was gone yep so, so you can't if it's a really great deal you have to stop but i like going through like fast and looking through and go all right this guy's shit this is the, all right there's a couple of mills tables here that looks good making notes and if i see something real good i'll put a little note in my my little pad like uh you know m1g or something.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll make a note of, like, because, like, a lot of times there's, like, a little, like, one or two table guys, like, they'll just have a bunch of, like, random shit, and, like, they're not going to be high movers, so I'll make a mental note to come back and look, because a lot of times, like, their small stuff can be good. Like, they'll have boxes of ammo from the 60s that hasn't been made for 50 years, but you got to, like, look through all that and take some time to stand there and look at everything. So that one you don't want to do, like, on your first pass, but come back to that one and kind of analyze what they have and chat with them a little bit and BS and maybe they'll have some tips. Yeah. The old ammo guy.
0: Yeah.
2: Actually we were joking when I bought that uh, 1935 from, uh, from Kelly that we couldn't ever shoot it cause the ammo. And then the next show, I think I texted Kelly. I was like, I randomly yeah. asked this old <laughs> dude with, it, Hey, you got any seven, uh, seven millimeter French long? Or is it seven point what, three, five French long or whatever it is Something I like that. Yeah. Seven, six, he's like. Yeah, seven six five French line. And he's like, yeah, I got two boxes of it right
1: here, two fifty round boxes of pine <laughs> L. And I was like, So What? What <laughs> the? I haven't seen that ever in first gun show. I just sell it to you.
0: Man. All right. So my one of my pals has a way with his tongue here, and he told me I was asking him about haggling. I said I'm a terrible haggler. Like I'll, I'll I'll offer. The guy says no. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, he gave me a couple of tips that he, he swears by. And he it, thinks he's being slick, I think. But this is what he said. The pre-haggle tips. Before you offer a, a price, he says, um, the first one is, let him overhear you on the phone and let him overhear you say the model of the gun you're looking at so he knows that you have a clue about it. And then he says, imply that you know your shit somehow. It, tell the guy you have one already or you're looking for another or something. And he said the most important is don't imply that you have any money because <laughs> like, don't say you have an extensive collection. Oh, I have one of those. I have a book. Act like you're poor. He said he always says that his wife has him on an allowance. He says he's just if you say that everyone, everyone who's married goes, I get it. <laughs> and then offer any and you're not going to get you know ripped off. This is I don't know. But are you guys good hagglers? Because I'm going to use these tips because I'm not a good haggler.
1: I'm I'm pretty decent at it. I've I feel like you're pretty from, decent at it. <laughs> from gun shows, I've learned I've learned a good amount.
2: I I generally don't prefer to haggle, uh, like just in my general like day to day things. But at a gun show, I will always throw a number out, no matter what. That's less than what's on the tag.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, same. I always go to gun shows. And so you you give the number and don't just say uh, like what's your bottom line or something. You'd rather give a number.
2: I always give a number personally. I can't stand the, what's your bottom dollar? Like, there's no, like, I don't really respond to that very well personally. And so I like, I don't like to do that to each other too, because that's just insulting. And in my opinion, you know, if somebody says, Hey, I'm interested in this gun, you know, will you do this for, you know, 50 bucks less than the tag price or, you know, sometimes my general go-to will be for my stuff personally. I feel like the majority of people at a gun show will haggle at least at least 85% if not more people will haggle. So my gun show tags are generally about $25 to $50 over what I sell it for, you know, in my showroom. And so my general go-to for most of my stuff is hey, I'll I'll waive the sales tax, you know, on most of these guns, you know, so, sub like a thousand dollars, because at a thousand you're eating a lot of sales tax. But a lot of them, you know, in the $400, 500 dollars range or most of them, you know your, right. your guns and some of your decent rifles are you know, they be like, "Oh, yeah, okay." You know, no tax—that's cool. And you know, and I'll just eat that. You know, thirty, forty, fifty bucks, whatever it is, in that in that realm.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, I hate the people that are like, because I, I mean, whenever I sell a gun, I hate when people say like, "What's your bottom dollar?" Because like, I'll just say the same price that I listed. <laughs> that's what I normally—I'll
2: normally pick up the tag, look at it, and be like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's 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 no effort in that. So I, I at least try and like kind of go back and forth. I'll inspect it. Maybe I'll walk away or something like that. Come back. Usually, if I come back, then they then they know I'm interested in it. They know I'm probably gonna buy it, and they'll maybe cut me some slack here and there. And I'm I'm still fairly young, so a lot of the older guys will be like, "Oh, you're just kind of a young collector." Like, "Oh yeah, I had one of those back in the day." I'm like, "Oh," and I just kind of BS with them a little bit, and I can sometimes still get that. Oh, young collector just starting out, advantage. But I'm starting to lose that now, I feel like. <laughs>
0: well, but but yeah. Fl- to flatter them. They, flattery goes a long way. Oh, what a great collection you have here. What a great table. It's true.
1: Uh, that's a good tactic too, yeah. <laughs> or just BS with them for a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's
2: always nice when you find somebody that actually knows some of the stuff we're talking about versus half the stuff you, or you hear. And I've even joked about, like if I was going to do a podcast, man, I would just write down quotes from the whole weekend every time I do a show and that would just be the podcast man it would be oh, like, you,
1: you. you totally should <laughs> but uh it's
2: nice when you do meet somebody that knows something and you know it's really nice meeting people that know more than you about something like there was a dude he was he knew Finnish Mosin's in and out upside down and everything and he brought me like four to look at and he was telling me everything about it and this was a couple months ago and I sent a couple pictures up to the to the guys in the discord and they were they were cooperating a lot of it, and that was cool. Like I learned a lot that way, you know, because he was a, just a he was a fin collector, and he saw I had a bunch of bosons. none of them were fins. But so it was, it was cool. It's cool to always learn something too.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah. Some of the guys know their shit. Other it's total FUD lore.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would say that if if the guy says no to your your bid, you don't beg, or it's got to be annoying if someone says, "Come on, please," and tries to instead of just countering again.
2: Yeah, there, there's there's no, no sympathy on on at least my end for that. It's like, <laughs> oh come on, like no, you got it. Like no, I don't, man. Like this is this is what I gave you as my fair, you know, counter offer to yours. And if you don't want that, then you know it's just not meant to be today.
1: Yep. Yeah. None of that for me either. If they if I try and because I always try and haggle, I hardly ever pay the pay the price tag. But if they're like, oh, it's this much, I'll be like, all right, of right, you guys to do it for I'll, me. Kansas, I'll think it. on it. <laughs> Yeah, you can watch it now. It it has been
2: something that I I don't really like. I don't have to have it, and you know, if I'm still there, I made my offer. We didn't make a deal. I might come back, you know, a couple hours later if it's a close show, or even maybe the next day. And if it's still there, be like, hey man, still there? Like I'll still stand by my offer of you know X amount.
1: Yeah, I guess you you do have that advantage because if I come back within thirty minutes and they they usually know I'm pretty interested. So. Not going to cut me
0: any slack. Now, Matt, you're, you're you're flipping some of these guns sometimes. So, do you still have a budget overall? Like, are you going to Casey saying, "All right, I'm not going to spend more, more than this"? Like, should I should I be budgeting myself totally? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person. To ask <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't well, know if either of us are. Everyone mean, says, "Yeah, you should. You should spend this much."
2: You guys have seen some of my collection, and I, I don't. I don't do well with impulse control, especially, you know, my, <laughs> my employees always joke. I have two, two different guys that I hire from, from my shows and they, uh, they always joke that people pay me cash at the gun shows, you know, versus I do take credit cards and they're like, they prefer people to pay a credit card because if they pay me cash, they'll look back and I'm gone. They're like, where do you go? And I have the, you know, the wad <laughs> of cash that I just bought something. I'm like coming back with a gun, like, Hey, look what I bought for me. <laughs> <laughs> instead like m95 long boy that i picked up the other day he was like what are you gonna sell that for i'm like oh that's not for sale and he's like what where did you get the cash and i was like oh that guy just paid in cash so i took that and bought it <laughs> <laughs>
1: well that didn't last long uh,
2: yeah it's bad you yep. uh, uh, yeah no i mean a budget's always good to adhere to it if you can like i need to i need to be better about that but uh i'm planning on hopefully being able to bring a pretty good little chunk of change but i'm also i'm able to kind of cheat a little bit and some of that is business related to where i can maybe pick up right. some some stuff for the business but this is definitely more of a personal personal well, for, my- for us or for me i should say
0: well to my wife i tried i asked about the budget and they pretty much said don't budget so sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know if i ever really budget i have like specific things i'm looking for i'm like all right if i can find a something for this amount like i can't say no to that so i'll pick it up i mean obviously i know when i'm like broke broke or not but it's just if like if the if the deal too good to pass up i'm not going to pass it up
2: yeah younger me you know i'm married with a kid now and running the business and a lot i didn't lose i you know i quit my my former job to do the gun business full-time and it's not as consistent with the money but you know young me would be like man if i can eat ramen for the next you know two weeks i can probably get this gun today and it'll be fine i I love some ramen you know but it's not too much of an option anymore so you you have to be wary on uh, what the wife is going to (laughs) say
1: yeah just just depends what what your finances look like and what you're looking for if you're just walking in the show to spend money then you're going to end up spending money
0: and from what i hear there's so much milsurp at this show you know, m- most of my shows are between the pistol table, the medals, the food, the, you know, the, the Winchester guy. There's only like 12 milsurp tables. So wow, I can't 12. spend too much.
1: Yeah, usually at the shows I go to, if there's more than
0: like two milsurp tables, I call it a good show. Well, most of them are overpriced, you know, and Sporter. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: that are still <laughs> overpriced, but yeah.
0: Like last show, I don't think there was one gun that wasn't 20% over. Everything was so high. Since COVID, I I think people panicked and maybe they lost a lot of their revenue or something. So they're trying to make up for it. I don't know. I mean, there
2: is consistently, you know, everybody talks about gun show prices are ridiculous. And, you know, even when I go walk around, you know, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, you know, most of the time I'm like, Jesus, there's no way. Like, who would pay that?
1: yeah you know, some of right. some
2: of private sellers and some of them have been you know other you know firearms dealers, and I'm like, I know what you paid for this. Like this is just insane. Like, how are you moving anything at these shows?
1: Yeah, I don't get people like that. Like you come here to like make some money, and I guess if they sell like one goddamn thing, then they've paid for their show. But like I've seen them with the same rifle for months and months and months, and the price tag hasn't changed. Like what are you doing
0: dude? like clearly you overpriced this like get a clue yeah i've seen that too same guy they don't care about lug it that guy you don't go on sunday night because he doesn't care he'll lug it every show they want what they want and i guess someone eventually pays it so that's why they keep doing it
2: i guess i don't know it's we've run into also you know a lot of at least around here i don't know how good you know of course the kc show is going to be with it but i've been told before like we've gotten into some disagreements with other other vendors you know because oh, it's mostly like boomer flood types. And they are like, oh, you know, you're, you're too busy. Like, there's too many people around our booth. Like, I don't like all this. Like, we're just here to hang out and, you know, maybe sell a gun. But we're here to just ha- hang out with our friends and have, have fun. I'm like, I'm here, <laughs> I'm here to make money and find cool shit.
0: <laughs> That's weird.
1: Yeah, I've seen a couple of tables like that where it's just like a standard ass, like 1903, it's like three grand. And they're just there all bullshitting in a circle. And like, yeah, they didn't come here to sell a gun. They told their... Wife, at the like, well, I'll try and sell it. I'll go to the gun show and then slap a ridiculous price tag on it. Yeah, it's their little
2: social club. And for the most part, and you know, around here, it's these, you can see the same probably 10 or 15 dealers, you know, within probably 100 miles at these various shows. It's all these old guys do for a lot of it. They just travel the weekends and go do this for their hobby and to have a little, little
0: show, social outing. Oh, excuse me. So when you guys do research on the fly, are you besides uh, if you guys haven't joined the mill syrup world discord do it because there's a lot of good people there for the info i ask them but besides that do you just do i mean as for gun broker completed i mean what else do you look at for the prices while you're at the show
2: as much as i hate to use it sometimes gun broker completed sales with bids is always my generally my first go-to just to be like this is a really rough market value if it's something that i'm <laughs> super familiar with the market value one um and i have told people before like look you know if this is something that and i I tend to be trying to be super honest with people and i'll be like look here look at the bids you know that i'm seeing this is what they've sold for you know at least on my end and be like worst comes to worst if i pick up this gun and this is what i'm going to sell it at, i got to pay the fees on top of this you know and all that other stuff and ship it or vice versa be like okay well here's this price and i know that if I can get it for a little bit cheaper than it's going to be, you know, shipping and, you know, for most people buying on gun broker sales tax and then a transfer fee and all that, that definitely adds up for uh, for them too.
1: Yeah, if it's something I'm like looking for, I'll know the price going in that I want to pay. But if it's something like, oh, I've never really thought about that and that might be a good deal. Yeah, a gun broker is always a good resource because I know that's the exact same thing that a lot of the vendors do is they're just like, Oh, what does it sell for on Gun Broker? and then just slap two hundred dollars on top of it? But or I'll just like huh, you can kind of research some forums and stuff as long as they're mostly recent. Like Gunboards Boards yeah. as a resource,
0: or well, RIP to the the Reddit <laughs> strip sub. But I I wish there was more resources for for quick lookups. Sometimes yeah. GunBroker's lag, like you said. Though sometimes the wi fis shitty. And I'm standing in yeah. the corner. Some
2: of us have been lifetime banned from Gunboards, and I've never even been able to successfully log into the site anyway, so I don't know what I'm <laughs> lifetime banned for.
0: Yeah. You're not missing much.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, part of the forums, just because the forums can be so outdated. And you're, you're reading through all this stuff, and you see it's like eight years ago, and you're like, well, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, wow, these are only 300? Circa 2009. You're like, Ah, shit.
2: I mean, lately, it's been one of my go-tos. <laughs> I'll post some pictures of some stuff like, hey, this guy is asking this. Here's some pictures of it. What do you guys think? And then one of the random you know, experts from whatever area will chime in real quick and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a good price. Or no, that's... It's very rare that
1: there's no answer. Yeah, there's I always know. at least one or two or three people answering like, oh, yeah, I bought one of those last year for XYZ. Or like, oh, generally, these are blah, blah, blah. But that one's a this version. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So. My best deal at the at a gun show only was a FN Mauser. It was with New York Gun Guys Taylor, and it was two hundred bucks. As soon as I walked in, first table sitting there, I said, "How much?" They said two hundred. Didn't even haggle because it was two hundred. <laughs> was I in the wrong? Should I have said one hundred?
1: Yeah, for some of those, you just got to jump on it. Like, yeah, don't, some know, just
0: gotta take
1: it. don't even bother. No don't be that guy.
0: I was like, for two hundred. I mean it can't get much cheaper here.
2: Well, I mean, it's like that last show that I just posted up too, that you know, that old guy with his walker walking around and he had one rifle on his walker and I was like, That looks like a ninety-five long boy. And I walked up, chatted with him, and he was like, Yeah, somebody lacquered it, but it's been in the closet for thirty years and I want, you know, three seventy five for
0: it. And I was like, Whatever, here you gotta do here's three seventy five. Yep,
1: yeah, that well, way you're you're both happy. Nobody feels like they got Bad end of a deal.
0: Was there anything you saw at any of these shows that was like super rare? I don't see many. I would I saw some like rare serial numbers, a couple of gas trap grands, and but I never see any rare rare things. I think that you guys have any luck, like like um, like a, like a Mandra, mandragone rifle or a <laughs> something.
1: Oh, at the St. Mark's show, where I actually met Matt for the first time, there was a 1907. 1907- Dryza Sporting Carbine.
2: I was just about to bring up that Carbine, man. I wanted to buy that thing Whoa. so damn bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how much was that?
2: 3500
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad, because, I, I mean, I hadn't even heard of them. Like, I had huh. never seen
2: one either, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, just do my quick scan you know, run around, and I saw that and stopped me in my tracks, and I was like,
1: this thing
2: is ugly and weird AF. I have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was cool. So that's why uh, i uh frequently you know there's something it, it just depends what market you're in to say you know what's rare or not uh in the modern side of things like i've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of very high-end ak builds you know this guy at this last show walking around and he's you know he's wanting six grand for his rpk because it's an arsenal rpk yada, yada 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 you know stuff like that and they're they are you know pretty uncommon uh, when you get into that that high-end of stuff and then in terms of, like, old rare military stuff, not, not terribly much on the surplus side of things.
0: Yeah, uh, I, there's a lot of, like, 9130s and, and Carcanos, and I just, <clears throat> a, a lot of old, you know, Winchester rifles around here.
1: Yeah, I forget what it was. I wish I had taken a picture. Somewhere I had seen, like, some, I think it was up in Dallas when I lived up there, I saw some, it was a Trials rifle, I forget what country or like what rifle it was, but it, was, it wasn't one that was adopted. So it was like one of like probably like 50 ever made. And of course it was like five grand. So I couldn't even like use on it afford it. But it was, yeah, I've seen a trials rifle. That's probably the rarest thing I've ever seen. It was some
0: European country, but that doesn't narrow it down really.
1: <laughs> what yeah. about the
0: weirdest thing? Like a, 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 the strangest freaking thing that you've seen there. was, the, Or was there not? It's got to be something strange. At least a strange-looking guy. Like, like, I, I, or, well, whatever. Like I, There was there was a table at one show here. It was a woman selling her daughter's art of uh, hunting stuff. And it was like blood and hunting animals were all bloody. <laughs> it's, the kid was seven. Jesus. Let's just sit there. It's like, what the hell? There's a lot of
2: junk at most of the shows local to us around me and Kelly, though, that's for sure. There, there's no screen yeah. for... If, if you're willing to pay the table fee, then they'll let you in, man. There's massagers, Chinese junk, there's engraving, there's trinkets, there's, of course, sausages and beef jerky and all that, like the typical gun show nonsense. There's always some jewelry peddlers trying to catch always, whatever women are running around.
1: Always a taser guy. Oh, I hate those. Goddamn. <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's fucking, like... Roof shingles and like improved yeah, a lot of uh, solar windows. companies lately
0: have been sending yeah <laughs> fucking solar panels like
1: nope I rent go away. We have on. a lot of
0: barbed wire covered bats.
1: Oh yeah, there's always that guy <laughs> in the, the zombie table. Like dude, zombies aren't a thing since like 2012.
0: <laughs> Chinese stars and stuff.
1: I think the weirdest <laughs> gun I've seen. You probably saw it too at some point, Matt. It was a it's an SMLE that was very shoddily converted to 22 and like had the stock cut down and had like a rear peep sight that was like made out of like welded washers or some shit and like metal to like bring it up over the receiver.
2: Yeah. I think I remember cause I was really, it, it hurt my heart being the infield guy and it was, I think it was a, a BSA uh, 22 or some type of just monstrosity that they converted yeah. to
1: 22. Was <laughs> it like, was horrifying. That's one of the. There's been a, I've seen a lot of weird things for weird people. I've seen a guy that like clearly was off his rocker and escaped the the like senior folks' home he lived at or something like that. And he's wearing like big fluffy bear like shoes or what was what the term like loafers that you would wear around the house and like sweatpants that he may or may not have peed in and like a robe and like where the hell? Is, how did he get here? <laughs> Because no way he fucking drove here. And he was like, gotta be like 90 years old. And he smelled weird and was talking. There, nonsense. there are
2: a lot of weird people at the gun shows. Like,
0: there's constantly my guys are like lock eyes and be like, whoa, do you see that? <laughs> I heard one guy say he was in Vietnam and in his previous life he was in World War II. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. It's dead serious, though.
1: And there's the guys that like reek of weed and they're walking oh. past the ATF table. <laughs> yeah.
2: And the whole everybody's uh everybody's a sniper or special forces, you know, at some point in
1: there. Right, my uncle was a Navy SEAL and he carried one of these and it's like a ruler revolver or something like that.
0: <laughs> Is there anything you guys are looking for specifically in KC? Because we'll we'll uh do a podcast on the return to uh, wrap up how it was. And if we were maybe successful, is there anything you're looking for? We can uh, set the suspense. Like I'm looking for a, uh, an 1895 Chilean short rifle rear sight. Very specific. Yeah. That one you have
1: to dig through some parts bins.
0: For. Yeah. And uh, I need another 190 for my 1903, another bayonet. Yeah, I don't you'll wanna find spend, that. I don't want to spend 250. Like everyone's. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. And... For me. There, I mean, there's a few rifles there still, or a few guns that are like at the top of my list right now, like an Italian 1889 Bodeo revolver. I want to pay under 500. Right. So like that's where the cutoff is. Or a Greek Mannlicher Schoenauer 1903. I want to pay like under a fucking thousand because those things are ridiculous. You know what, and you, and but, you mean unmodified, right? Yeah, and like no sporters, no completely... I was like,
2: anything with the monster stock on it is automatically over a 1000 that's, yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah. That's Fudlar 101.
1: Yep. Yeah, those things are insane. And then if I could find a Luger oh, for under like $12, that would be pretty sick, but I doubt that because everyone a, wants ooh. a Luger. Everyone that's... wants a Luger and they all know what they look like so they're like immediately bought up. A lot of the World War One stuff can fly under the radar just because people don't know what it is, but Lugers? Nope. No chance.
2: Um, I have quite a few on the list, like always. But I'm hoping to find. I'd love a nice condition wire wrapped SMLE, uh, preferably with the grenade yeah. cup with it, because it's one of the few that I've never never found one worthy enough for my
0: collection. Because I'm yeah. a picky that's condition. A, that's a good one to look for, because we can all you can see that like a mile away. Yeah, the wire some, people,
1: some people just price them as regular infields, so that that could be a good gun show find. Uh, I would love to find
2: a from our stop, is still pretty high on my list. Oh, those are cool. I was bidding on a it was a lock, stock, and barrel auction the other day, and of course, it went way. But what I was willing to pay because their stuff goes crazy, but it was the Walther Sport Model 2, the early uh 1900s. It's a bolt action and semi auto, you can do either one 22, just something that's, weird. And cool. That's wow, that's cool. Uh, I'd love to find an actual uh, yeah.
1: Oh, a peat, yeah.
2: <laughs> I've I've been on a few in the last year or so, and they've all gone over like north of twenty five hundred to three k. And I I can't spend that much for a gun. I can't legally or actually physically shoot. <laughs> but uh, I'm willing to pay a little bit if I can find a good condition peat somewhere just to have for my British collection. I yep. uh, could do with a nice infield trainer of some sort too. But and most of the times they they they're pretty high in prices pretty quick. That's
0: good list. Yeah, those are nice. Those infield trainers. Those- play at one some show and they get expensive true over a thousand yeah minimum
1: minimum 800 to even like look at one
2: it's kind of like one of those jokes with the you know where the, the air talk is like oh it's a you know the stock's broken be like hey the magazine's missing its internals <laughs>
0: like ah. on the, on the <laughs> i'm still looking for that swedish 94 for under a thousand those things i passed on two at one point for 650 I was like, nah, yeah. well, right that. at COVID or right before COVID, or COVID, I just bought something. So I it was one of those, like, I can't buy another thing. And now I can't even find them under a thousand.
2: Yeah. I think the last one I saw was about 650 and it was Damn. at a show pretty close. And this was probably about a year ago. And I remember like, I walked through, I walked back, like I'm going to go get it. It's gone.
1: <laughs> I saw, I also saw one around here for 650, but it was, like, completely mismatched, and, like, the stock looked like it was, like, a reproduction. So I'm like, eh,
0: I know I could find a better one. I always want a Turk, a 1903 Turk. That shouldn't be, uh... I was like, you can find that pretty easily. <laughs> so, that's something I could find. And then a standard model uh Mauser with the banner. Nice, beautiful Mauser banner. Yeah, I have no are... Mauser banner rifles.
1: Anything you get, you're going to have to really want, because you'll have to get it transferred and everything. I wouldn't mind
2: a nice uh, broom handle in some capacity too. I don't have any of those yet. Yeah, I haven't done enough
0: research on those because uh, there's so many little intricacies to them. Are those the ones the 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 number nine grip ones too? The red nine, yeah, yeah the red nine the nines. There's a the whole normal. world. I don't know.
1: I've had decent luck with like uh like more obscure things at gun shows, like World War One like 32 pistols. You can usually find a decent deal on because. Nobody really thinks anything of them. They're like, oh, it's just some old thirty-two pistol, like especially the boomers or like the revolvers. They're like, oh, it's some French revolver. I don't really care about it. So the more obscure I do like stuff. I
2: to stumble stumble upon all those little curiosity German-made, you know, thirty-two pistols from from around that time too, because they're always so funky and weird, and you gotta look up and figure out who actually
0: made them and what the hell they are, because most of the time they don't even know. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> does a lot of the vintage ammo cross your path? matt uh not too much of
2: it yeah i think very rarely have i i mean there's the, the couple of vendors that have some pretty unique and old ammo but in terms of like walking through the door like what is this i very rarely have encountered that
1: yeah there's always at least a table or two that has a bunch of like old weird ammo like one milserp and like one kind of like western stuff like 32 23 or whatever random bs they had back then there is a guy at one
2: of the shows that pops up every now and then and he his whole business is he just sells the uh ammo boxes like the old uh collectible yeah. box or whatever and he was showing me some of the stuff you know oh this one's five thousand for this empty box this one's you know twenty thousand i sold this one for twenty yeah, five thousand we have a like that too
0: and, and i couldn't believe the prices on the empty boxes yeah uh, awesome. I, that's too far out
2: of my bubble like i don't know I know like the old 60s and 70s boxes. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I might buy one for me just to have if it's, you know, 20, 30 bucks, but I'm not spending the price of a gun on a box of ammo.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The one I was looking at was some Mauser one and it was $160 or so. I was was like, no, thanks. I didn't even know. While back, I picked up a,
2: a Oliver Winchester commemorative liver action and it had like five boxes of, I think it was 38, 55 or something with it. But each of the uh, the boxes of ammo apparently were quite collectible themselves, and they each sold for like hundred and fifty a pop on GunBroker. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't even account the ammo into my, you know, valuation for it just because I didn't I didn't know about it, and I was like, well, that was that's cool. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's a whole world. Jeez. Yeah,
1: there's so many little sub niches within the gun collecting
0: world. Ammo box guy. Jeez. All right. So hey, we let's wrap up here a little bit we we went over what to bring because we're bringing a bag and money that's the two things you should probably bring <laughs> is that correct
1: and a sling if you're planning on buying oh. a rifle uh,
0: uh, maybe a couple little bags so if you buy a bunch of little things you can uh keep yourself organized i don't like when my bag just has old metals and ammo jostling around in the bottom yeah if you're going to do your research on the fly get some friends in discord or. Use your gum broker completed. <laughs> Go to the completed tab, advanced, whatever.
1: There's some the some forms and make sure it's from
0: this decade at least. Right. You don't really have to budget, but you might want to if you want to stay married.
2: I'm hoping I have one of my uh one or two of my uh dealer sample machine guns up right now on a few places and I'm hoping to use that for my <laughs> walking around KC <laughs> money. Yep. That'd be awesome.
0: Uh, we talked about attacking the show going around. Kelly, you were like Danny, you like to go to the back and work your way around. Matt, what'd you say? You want to you go to the back too, or you just walk just go in and just keep walking?
2: Uh, I, I tend to be a little OCD with it. I basically go in and I make whatever the first corner I can is and then I do it very like linear and just kind of go through the whole show that way. And then like I said, that's my quick quick go around and then I'll go back to like my the ones I mentally highlighted, like okay, I need to go look at this table more in depth and dig through it.
1: Yeah, there's just going to be a, a mob of us at the KC show. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I have trouble leaving sometimes. Like, I'm like, all right, I did it. I went around twice, three times, whatever. I'm like, all right, let me go one more time. Let me just do one more time.
1: You know, like anything yeah. I missed? Maybe I missed did. something. Did I go back and look at this? Oh, let me
0: go check. And it's like, it, it, like I said, it, the three or four times where I went, you know, I'm going to go back and get that specific rifle, it was gone. The, and the spot is just empty. Sad. We talked about how to haggle, never ex- accept the the price tag price you heard it here Matt prices up n- knowing that everybody haggles don't be afraid Just a little bit don't be a dick <laughs> yeah like is it insulting when it's a too low of a of a price you know you have it marked for 15 and you go 200 yeah <laughs> that's and that's bust- pretty
2: common. with like I said like that's more of what happens on Friday and at least for me personally you know I'm pulling out guns setting them on a table you know, getting stuff set up and there's this there's one that stands out to me that's it happens a lot, but this one dude and he's in his little motorized wheelchair and he comes just running over all my gun cases and he's always and it's been like three shows. It's <laughs> been the same damn it's a Winchester semi-auto, I forget what model is off the top of my head. It's an old like sixties semi-auto Winchester twenty-two. And it's, I think I have like 375 on it. They're selling for like 400 on gun broker. And it's got a little vintage scope on it. And every day the dude's like, I'll give you 150 bucks for it. I'm like, no, dude. And it'll come back the next day, 150. Oh, you still have it? I'll give you 150. No, dude, you're going to take it. and You're going to put it on your table for 500 because you, you do that. Like <laughs> yeah, He bought a, yeah. I learned my lesson because he bought a gun for me. It was a little, I forget what it was. It might've been a Remington 22 or some, some type that I think I sold for, 175 bucks or something like that and he came over and he talked about it how he, he wanted it for you know he's like these this style of gun he likes it he collects them did the forty four seventy three you know the background check and said the gun was for him and all that and what do i see when i'm walking around you know a couple of hours later it's on his table for
0: 350.
2: <laughs> Jeez. oh well yeah i mean i made my money on it and you know if he wants to do whatever he wants to do with it at that point it's his so
0: Right. And, and I guess that's like, so I hear that happens all the time. I guess in that community, you're not supposed to frown upon that. Like you made, like you just said, you made your money. So mm-hmm. let them make theirs.
2: I, I, I don't ever take offense at it. I just know that like you're some of these guys play with fire because that's all they do is travel at gun shows and sell at gun shows and they buy and sell for their livelihood. And that's getting into, you can get yourself right. in some legal, legal trouble with that. <laughs> right. And so, like, there's some of the dealers like I won't sell guns to because I know you're going to lie on the background check because it's not for you. you're going to resell it. And you know, I really don't. I wish we didn't have to do the regulation side of it, but I'm not going to lose my my license and livelihood for you, type of thing.
0: Right. I, for one, do not fuck with the law. All right. We oh, all yeah. we also talked about Friday deals, and if you could get in on Friday when the vendors are setting up and all that, that you might be able to to get something special. But if you can't get in on friday get there early definitely I, I i only went to one show later and i heard about all the deals i missed that um, that morning but my well, friend could have been lying but uh, it make me feel bad but uh, the other thing was look for the guys packing up at the end of the show i heard it more than once these guys don't want to carry their shit home
2: that's a Maybe real thing. A
0: deal <laughs> And I don't know if we got much into package deals. I like to do that, too. I like to, to look for a few items on the table and, and do a little, how much is this, 50? All right, I'll take these three for 75. Sometimes the people get overwhelmed by the math and just say yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that a time or two. Like, if they have a couple of guns you're interested in, like, oh, this one's 450 and this one's 350. And you're just like, uh, I'll give you a six for both. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, sounds good.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I'm pretty inclined. If somebody is like, "Hey, I'm interested in these, you know, two guns or these three guns," what can you do? I'd tend to be a little bit more favorable in my my offer back to them or
0: my, you know, my price. Yeah, see, that is a good one. All right, so we'll be back for the KC after KC to uh, report if we got our fines and how the the show went and and if I'm moving there because I hear it's a beautiful place. <laughs> I don't know though. You guys, wait. Have you been to KC before? You said
1: you have. I have been one time, yes, in 2017, and I did get to go to the World War One Museum. Definitely recommend that. Oops. I
0: have never been. All right, all right, you're with me. They say it's beautiful, so let's see. I've never been to Kansas either, and we're going into Kansas a little, so very exciting.
1: Yep. And we're gonna. We still playing that that game you mentioned at the gun show, Tom?
0: Oh yes, we're going to pick we're going to choose a price either 25 or 50 dollars and we'll see who wants to be in and we're going to you have to pick the coolest item and we're going to have the discord judge and you know cool is up for debate but you know it when you see it (laughs) i i think i have some prizes available too so you know pick something that's the coolest that you want at least so that you're not just throwing money away but at a show like this, there should be something cool.
2: Between your prizes, I think Danny said he had some, and the the business is gonna. I have a few things that I was thinking about doing, and I'm going to bring up at least a little something for everybody. So it should be a pretty good time for everybody that wants to come out and be
0: be a good like minded meetup. Yeah, we're going to do a live trivia event, and that's what Danny's got the prizes. So if you guys want a part of all this, you could join the Milsap World Discord at the uh, go to this Millsap World's Patreon and hop in. It'll be a good time. And I will get this out before the show so people can hop in and (laughs) go. All right. All right, Matt, thanks for joining us, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And Kelly, I will see you at the show. Yep.
1: Finally meet in person. (laughs) Yeah. You can hear that New York accent. I guess you can hear our Texas
0: drawl. You'll see that I'm faking it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, everyone, thank you. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Good night, guys. Thank you.